Welcome to my mom's podcast. Hi, I'm Marisa Calderon, and you're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast. I'm capturing the early childhood journeys of educators, including discussions and strategies on best practices for children, birth through third grade, and sharing them here for you. For this episode, I thought I would do something a little different and upload the audio portion I was able to record from the Arizona K-12 EdTech Conference lunch panelists, um, that portion of the conference. If you're interested to learn more about that conference and the many resources and that information presented from the presenters for teachers, you should head over to my Medium blog post for the recap. I'll post the link in the show notes as well. Um, The panelists featured here were Tim Jell, who is the engineering and advanced technology teacher at Perry High School in Chandler. And I apologize if I uh, mispronounced your last name there, Tim. Um, Mark Gresco, who is the director of technology for Avondale School District. Corey Arasa, who is the IT specialist and computer information systems instructor at Paradise Valley Unified School District. And last, the most impressive youth, Lennon Adrian. Um, this young man is a recent high school graduate of Brophy College Prep in Chandler. He's also an AA recipient. He just got his AA from Rio Salado in uh, elementary ed, and he's currently an ASU student amongst his achievements. Um, all of the panelists were very informative, and the audio starts at their introductions. I want to apologize also in advance for the ruffling noise from my device, but I hope you find the information helpful. Since I've, I've said a little bit of the sage, would each of you share with the group, your, we already did your name, the organization that you represent and your current comfort level when it comes to talking about using technology as a tool for engaging learners. So current comfort level, but I want you to share your, more of your background. So we're going to start with you, Corey. Check one, two, okay. We could check one, too, because I was also the sponsor of the DJ Club like four days ago. <laughs> uh, the new guy blew the speakers right away. What's up with that? Uh, my name is Corey Raza. Thank you for having me here today. I am here on behalf of uh, Wanda Wilson, who connected me with Kim and the amazing work that the Noise Scholars uh, do with um, teachers coming into the field. I have 17 years experience in the classroom. I've always taught a class alongside of something else I do. And most recently in Paradise Valley District, it was the uh, IT specialist for um, a high school, about 1,800 students on that high school campus. Uh, I've built two maker spaces, retransformed the library into a maker space. Also had, uh, we're, we're blessed to be the CTE hub in our district, so had a maker space, the ag science room sort of the Ag Science program left and we created a maker space in that area. So today I'm here to talk to you about that piece of my, my journey and um, I just finished my, my fifth day at Grand Canyon University as the director of STEM outreach for K-12. I think that's what you asked me to, uh, to answer and then you said comfort level for technology. So based on what you just heard me say, I have a very, I'm very, very comfortable with technology Maybe too comfortable for a lot of teachers who are like, okay, slow down. I can't incorporate all that in my classroom right away. Um, Some of you have been to some workshops that I've I've taught over the years. 
And um, yes, I'm very comfortable with technology, but it's because I always look for ways to make my life easier as an educator. As you all know, you have very limited time. And so something like Kahoot that we saw this morning and quizzes, if you've seen that, it's a wonderful way to have assessment right in your hands very quickly with that, with that piece of, of, of feedback that students need so much. So that's, I will say that my comfort level is, I have a very, very large comfort level, but my challenge is to get that comfort level into the hands of teachers at the K-12 level in, in a very large district of 33,000 students. That's it for me. I'm Jesse Galloway, and uh, so I didn't have the advantage of knowing the questions ahead of time, so I'll try to do my best to give you my background. So as far as technology goes, I've been in engineering for 25 years, uh, spent time in graduate school, so I feel very comfortable with technology in terms of how it's used in terms of science. But in terms of interacting with students using mass communication, getting them involved, not as much, although I had uh, the privilege of working at Chandler High School uh, in the physics uh, classroom, and what I saw there was, was incredibly interesting. We used an approach called modeling, and where modeling is where ideas are presented based on the student's own discoveries. So we would use technology based on, in the lab environment, students would make measurements. They wouldn't understand the concepts that we would teach, but they would be able to draw graphs, and from those graphs presented in front of the class using the overhead projector, use Google's classrooms to uh, collaborate on data, sharing data, and once they understood the general trends and could explain it, then we would introduce the concepts on what is the physics or the mathematics behind it. So as far as technology goes, I'm very comfortable with measurements, not so much with student interaction. So what I'm hearing today gives me a lot of good ideas of how to combine things like YouTube, classrooms, Kahoot. Um, and what I hear today about students need to do the learning first, then the students, then the teachers reinforce that and then provide opportunities to extend that knowledge in areas that interest the students. I'm Mark Resco and ditto. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very nervous about being here today. Um, I am a lifetime uh, computer geek. I own that, and like most computer geeks, I really have zero social skills, so I am terrified to be up here. If we could do this over a text chat, I could talk your ears off. And I do know a lot about technology. It's just everyone's staring at me. And it's kind of down. Everybody look at that. Yeah, look at her. Um, but seriously, so I've, I've worked in educational technology since uh, 1998, and so I'm 19 years working in school districts, actually 20. I started at Scottsdale Unified, went to Washington Elementary, uh, and then I've been the tech director out at Avondale for the past 12 years. Um, amazing school district, and I'm going to try and not sell it too much, but um, we're, we're doing some really, really cool things out there. and. You know, I just kind of lucked into it. Um, I, it was a little district I'd never even heard of. They needed a director. I wanted another job, another challenge, and it has really become a place where um, I've been entrusted to get a vision, put a plan in place, and execute, and we've got some really amazing things. Uh, every kid, kindergarten through eighth grade, has a device. 
K1, 2, have iPads, 3rd through 8, all have Chromebooks. They don't share it. This is their device. Some students take it home. We have some amount of projectors in every classroom, Apple TVs in most classrooms. Um, we have wireless access points literally in every classroom, <coughs> bandwidth that is important. And as I'm sitting here rattling off all these really cool things, you must be thinking, how in the heck did they afford to do that? Well, that's capital override, bond, and MO override. We are the most fortunate district in the state of Arizona to have that kind of community support. And one of the questions is, why did we choose technology? We'll get to that, but really because our community asked us to. And I just happened to be at the right place at the right time to, and, and have seen some cool things along the way, and just able to really put those plans in, in motion. So, um, again, if I, oh, and I should also say, I really started technology in 1984 when I enlisted in the Navy, and I did, they taught me, I, I, I really am a, um, a uh, expert at the four-letter vocabulary, so if I drop an F-bomb or something, I apologize. We're all adults here. Right? I apologize if I offend anyone, like I said, I'm nervous. <laughs> two months into adulthood, um, as I just pointed out. So, I mean, he's been working in EdTech longer than I've been alive so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that kind of like puts things into perspective, I guess. I am a millennial. Um, I went to Brophy Prep in Central Phoenix, and I've gone to Catholic school my whole life. I see you back there. Um, and uh, actually, in January of 2017, so earlier this year, I graduated from Rio with an associate's degree in elementary education. Um, so I'm really excited to be here to share my experiences with you all about education technology, how it was implemented at Brophy, um, how I still had nuns with chalkboards in elementary school, and what that transition looked like. Um, there were no rulers involved, but uh, that would be another story. So um, I'm just really excited to be here. I, um, like Kim Toby said, I've been working with her for, I think, the past it's almost been three years. Um, I will be serving as the national president for Educators Rising. It's a group of 33,000 inspired high school and collegiate students who are fired up about teaching and, and passionate about it. They take classes at their high school learning how to become teachers, and it's all those tools necessary that you learn in your first year of teacher prep. And they take them to make accomplished teaching experiences starting in high school. So I'm really excited to be here. So Lennon already has no extra time uh, in his life, but um, so I'm a wolf, you're going to fear the fork, correct? Uh, so uh, I always have to be careful which fingers I'm putting up on. Uh, tell them what you're in it. So, Right, so speaking of education technology, I actually am not doing anything with technology. Um, I, my degree is actually in Latin and ancient Greek, um, but my secondary, yeah, right, everyone's like, why is a dead language major up here talking about education technology? Um, but uh, my degree and my certifications will be in Latin and Spanish and probably history as well. So I'll be certified when I'm 19 years old. Wow. wow. So uh, thank, thank you for kind of setting the stage, uh, letting everybody know really the continuum that we're at uh, with who we have up here. And I'm going to go back with you again, Lennon. But the question to the group is, let me make sure I say it right because I don't want to confuse you all. 
What benefits do you believe technology holds for our classroom students and our teachers? And let's spin this a little bit because we know, yes, there are benefits, but maybe what you're hearing too from teachers and students about technology or the uses of technology. So this is really gonna be the honest conversation. Um, this is a big dome of silence. So if somebody mentions a particular name, um, you may not want to go back out and talk about it, but I don't think they're going to they're gonna do that. But really, this is the honest part of the conversation. What are you hearing that are the benefits for both students and teachers? And maybe what are you hearing on the reverse side of it? Um, especially with education technology, I think like we were talking about earlier, the cost of education technology is probably the most detrimental part. I went to Brophy Prep. I was lucky enough to have access to all of those tools to make your spaces and different opportunities. However, I know a lot of school districts struggle to find those opportunities to implement technology within their classrooms. Some of the benefits of technology is that we are preparing students for a global competitiveness. We are giving students those tools necessary to become successful when they enter the workforce. We aren't preparing them, you know, while it may be Latin, we're giving them those tools and the opportunities to explore Latin in a way that they can use it in the future. So using Google Docs, using Google Classrooms, Kahoot, Kia, all these different aspects to, you know, gain this understanding of assessment and giving students those opportunities each and every day is what we're looking to do with technology. It's not so much about what we do with it, it's how we use it. Because it's how we use it that's going to affect how students use it in the future. And so whatever the means is, it can be an English class, it can be a math class, I hate math by the way. Um, but but you know, it's, it's just like, and, but all the opportunities that I use in my own math classes and learning how to use technology in there are things that I will carry on not only into college but into my career as well. So while cost may be a, down, a downfall, and it absolutely is, the upsides are that we really are preparing students in that way for a 21st century competitive career. Awesome answer. He wonders why he's up here. I mean, that's it in a nutshell right there. Uh, what I see in our classrooms is really, I see two things. I see the teachers freaking out, like what's with these devices, and how am I supposed to use them, and really what are they good for and then I see the students that are like give me more I really this engages me this excites me I can learn yeah. not only that I can I can you know like I can learn something and I can reteach it to someone else and I can self-correct and I can explore and it really um, students you know I'm talking I'm a father of five and you know all of my kids obviously have had technology at home and usually they've had better technology at home than what we've had in our public school systems. And the, it, it was almost a shame to send my kids to school with the, you know, they've got a computer lab and they've got 32 computers for a thousand kids and they're going to cycle their way through that. So I thought, all right, you know, my district where my kids go to school, they're buying them, you know, some Chromebooks and, and, and we made the same mistake. We thought that if we buy the devices, people are going to want to use it. People, will, they'll find something to do with it, and not at all. It, it really just sat around gathering dust. It wasn't until we went to an online digital curriculum and really forced teachers. I mean, this is the pry bar method. Okay, you've got a card in your class, and you cannot instruct, you cannot teach unless your students log into McGraw-Hill or Discovery Ed or you know whatever that curriculum is. If it's online. Now all of a sudden the teacher, you know, and then you've got principals coming into the room to see what are we doing. This is no joke. We've spent, I can't even tell you how many millions. Last year we still had a teacher out of one of our schools that would log in online and print 
26 copies of all the material because she didn't want the kids to use their Chromebooks, you know, because she wasn't comfortable with, well, what if someone raises their hand and says they can't log in, what then? And that was her solution, was to print out everything, kind of the old workbook method. And, you know, obviously we gave her hugs and support and, you know, and, and it's going to be okay. But, uh, you know, it, it really is, um, you know, the, the students are pulling it towards them and some teachers are pushing it away and it's really trying to find that balance. And, you know, there is no single solution or one answer or, you know, the a silver bullet that's gonna make that happen. It's gonna take time and it's gonna take trust and it's gonna take open, you know, forums where people can actually talk about what they're doing. So I'm, I'm glad we're all here. I'm glad to see this many people here participate. So Mark, I'm going to drill down just a little bit from, because this is what I get to do up here and make you uncomfortable about what question I'm going to ask. Uh, do you have any data yet within Avondale that would say what you're doing is making a difference? So what I can tell you, because our test scores are still embargoed by the state, um, I will tell you that we definitely have um, and, and so well, I met Lennon two days ago. He was a part of our Avondale kickoff where every year, uh, every staff member comes to Palm, Palm Valley Church and we actually talk about this kind of thing. I don't have exact figures, but it was, I believe in ELA, we were I don't know, four times greater than, greater growth than the state average. Math was, yeah, it was way, way, way up there. But I don't think that technology necessarily has that much to do with it. We also do something called Gears, uh, which was a grant through Virginia, and that's really focused, that's, that's teacher PD, and it's looking at data, and really driving what, what, your, what lessons are you, and what strategies do you use in your classroom to uh, instruct students. I think that's where the greatest change has been is probably from gears more so than technology. Okay, that's, a, that's an honest answer. Thank you. Yeah, I wish I could take credit for that. Yes. But I don't think that's. And I don't know that we can. We'll ever be able to dissect it uh, because there's so many variables in education anyway about what's influencing learning. But um, <laughs> okay. So from my perspective, uh, technology can be a distraction if it's not used properly. Um, <coughs> Where I see it as being an advantage, certainly in, in math or sciences, it allows students to interact more closely with each other. So if you're using a, a Google Classroom, you can share ideas. And if you're doing a large experiment or a large plan, the data that each team gathers can be shared easily with others. Um, we live in a world where technology is in the hands of every, every kid, pretty much. They have cell phones. I'm amazed at how kids uh, three or four years old can use a phone that, that my mother can't even figure out. You know, so technology is here and it's global. Uh, our community today interacts with communities around the world. We, uh, we look for talent around the world. And as we become more interconnected with whether it's a laptop or a computer, things keep becoming cheaper and cheaper. So the availability of technology is there. Uh, the future of this nation will be dependent on how well we can use things and how uh, competitive we are in a world stage. Today, many of the great uh, discoveries are still coming from the United States, but we're seeing more and more discoveries overseas. If we're gonna re remain to be uh, the intellectual engine of the world, we need to train 
engineers, scientists, philosophers, no matter where they are, to be better uh, versed at using, uh, whether it's technology or just access. Information and flow has to be uh, easily understood and adopted by kids. And um, bringing that into the classroom where we can share ideas, where each student really is a teacher in, in their own right. What I saw in my classroom that worked quite well, we would break down the class into groups of four. And certainly at one table, there would be an expert. That expert would use uh, computers to show other students how to, to graph more carefully. Me as a single teacher standing up front, I couldn't reach all the students, but I had partners out in the classroom who were using, uh, we use Google Chromebooks as well, and interactive uh, forums where they could exchange information. So uh, I'm not a teacher yet, but I look forward to doing that. I know that if I can embrace technology early on in the classroom, the students will, will be my helpers and they'll be able to reach out and teach and support each other more than I could do in a traditional sense, just standing up front. And then Jesse, did you see specifically within Phoenix Union, did you see like a level of support from them specifically on technology? Uh, was this the teacher that you were placed with? Was it just their passion to do that? Did you kind of have a sense for how Phoenix Union was doing anything with technology? This was at Chandler. Oh, sorry. For some reason, I thought you said Central. I apologize. No, they, they shared equipment. My teacher, being uh, in a science uh, background, certainly used it perhaps more than, than the uh, English teacher. But um, it was, uh, they had Google Chromebook carts they shared. Uh, there was uh, interactive overhead projection where students could show their own work. So it, I see it as being more and more adopted. So it felt supported. It felt yes. as part of the culture of the school and school district. Yes. Okay. Good. Corey? We, you just used the word that I was going to start out with. Culture. Culture. <laughs> so, so great mind thing alike. Um, first off, I'd like to give kudos to Mark here because as a director of technology, now I've announced that your title over there. So as the director of technology at Paradise Valley, I'm sure you probably know Jeff Billings, so, um, uh, and, and Jeff seems a lot like Mark in the sense that, or maybe Mark seems a lot like Jeff. Um, the reason for our ease of use of technology, and I would say our seamless embedding of technology in our district, is because of um, pioneer thinkers like Mark who get into those director of technology positions and really try to infiltrate the culture. But you and I both know, as classroom teachers, that that culture doesn't get to you unless that principal is totally on board. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Just give me a head nod if I'm right. Okay. So um, guys like Mark will battle principals and say, well, it's really important that you push these Chromebooks. But until that principal or that administrative team says, yes, it's a part of our culture, um, it's, it's really tough to, to really push that through into our, into our classrooms. And the way we've always done it seems to, seems to uh, prevail. Okay, thanks for listening.